0: Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot? I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you? And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God! Oh my God!
1: Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com.
0: Welcome to Twisted News, where we discuss some of the most disturbing cases all around the world. My name's Andrew, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. For today's episode, we'll talk about a recent strange and tragic event that rocked a quiet farming town in North Dakota. And after that, we'll look into the curious case of a killer caught by a Fitbit. Get rid of scary mysteries, twisted news. Number one, four dead in a wheat field. There are many dangers that one can encounter when farming. You think of malfunctioning equipment, rowdy animals... Maybe even prolonged exposure to the sun without protection. What you don't really think about is gun related violence, but that's what we came across in today's story. On the early evening of August 29th, a Monday, Paige Dykstra, along with her 11 year old son, and an elderly couple were on their way to the wheat field in Towner County, North Dakota, to deliver dinner to their loved ones who were working hard in the field. The elderly couple were the parents of the farm owner, while Paige was the fiancé of one of the farmhands. But what greeted them was a traumatic sight that they never expected to find. In the field, were the lifeless bodies of four men, farm owner Douglas Dumage, who was 56, and his hired farmhands, Richard Bracken, Robert Bracken, and Justin Bracken, ages 64, 59, and 34, respectively. Richard and Robert were the brothers, and Justin was Robert's son as well as Paige's fiance. Police were immediately called and the investigation began. Authorities, as well as the community, were shocked by what had occurred because this kind of tragedy never happened in the rural area of North Dakota. Aside from that, the four men were also known in the community as good people. Farm owner Douglas was very much loved by the community as he was known to be very helpful and generous. He was also a volunteer firefighter and a leader of a local county farm bureau. He lived in Leeds, North Dakota, with his wife and two daughters, but regularly worked on this farm with his father, who was 95 years old. Apparently, the same could also be said regarding the three other men who lived in the area. Justin was expecting a child with his fiance. She said they were planning a future together, and Robert's ex-wife also made a statement regarding her ex-husband about him being a good person and not having a mean bone in his body. The family testified that the Brackens weren't bad people and had been working on Doug's farm for years, but investigators soon suspected that that may not be all there was to this case. A 357 revolver was retrieved by the cops at the scene near one of the dead Based on their investigation, they believed that these killings were a result of a triple murder and a suicide case. Reports say that there were family members of the Brackens who spoke out to reporters regarding the dispute among the three men. Speculations arose saying that this dispute may have resulted in one of the relatives shooting the three men and ultimately turning the gun on themselves. Investigators are still trying to figure out the motive behind the shooting. They also haven't revealed who shot the gun and stated that they're still awaiting the autopsy results. Though, some reports have mentioned that Doug's body was found about one-third of a mile away from the others. Following these unfortunate murders, the farming community stepped up to help with the harvesting of the field, the job left behind by these four men. They also extended help and support to the grieving families of Doug and the Bracken relatives, for now, the families and friends of the deceased can only sit and wait for the results of the entire investigation. And it's hard to think that there could be a possibility that the reason for this tragedy might never fully be revealed since the perpetrator took his own life. And it's a tragedy that the once peaceful farming town will have to live with this from now on. Number 2. Fitbit Catches Killer We live in an age where technology is constantly flourishing, where developments and improvements and gadgets are constantly being released. These changes help make these gadgets more reliable and user-friendly, and they also, from time to time, can help solve crimes, which wasn't exactly what developers had in mind. But yet, this proved to be possible in this story. In July of 2003, Richard and Connie debate tied the knot. In the years to come, they had two sons, and then 12 years after they got married, a tragedy would strike the family, something that no one in their circle would ever expect to happen to them. According to Richard, on the morning of December 22, 2015, after their sons, then ages 7 and 4, were picked up by the school bus, he left for work. Left behind at his home in Ellington, Connecticut, was Connie, he was also about to leave home for spinning class. But Richard said he received an alert on his cell phone regarding a house alarm, but so he went back there to find unknown noises in the upper part of the house, and when he went to check on it, he saw a tall, stocky man in their walk-in closet. An altercation occurred, and Richard said he yelled for Connie to run when he heard her entering the house. The intruder then incapacitated Richard by applying pressure to his wrist before chasing after Connie, who ran down to the basement. Richard said he tried to run after the masked man, and then the loud sound of a gunshot filled the house. The man came back to hurt Richard once more. He was trying to break his wrist and choke him out, and then he ended up tying him to a chair. After that, he proceeded to burn him with a torch, and then he stabbed him with a box cutter. However, Richard said he managed to fight off and use the torch on the intruder himself and burnt off his mask, which made the intruder run away. This was when he managed to break free, and then he got his phone and called 911. This turbulent series of events seemed unlikely to the investigators, especially because when the response team arrived, the house was very much organized, almost undisturbed, save for the dead body of Connie. Using the so-called electronic trails of the couple, the police were able to call bluff on Richard's narration of the crime. One gadget that mainly contradicted the husband's version of events was Connie's Fitbit, a monitor that helps in tracking physical fitness and activities done by the user. Apparently, the time that Richard said the shooting of Connie had happened didn't align with the data provided by the Fitbit with regard to Connie's last documented movements. This revelation eventually led to more loose ends, particularly regarding the relationship of the couple. Apparently, they were having marital issues. Richard was having an affair that eventually led to getting his girlfriend pregnant, and he even suggested to his girlfriend that he and Connie were about to get a divorce. And Connie, on the other hand, made a list of why she wanted to divorce Richard, which she started drafting a year before her murder. One of the main reasons was the fact that she accused her husband of taking money from accounts that didn't belong to him. To make matters worse for Richard, detectives later learned that he had a failed attempt to cash in on almost half a million dollars in life insurance money on Connie, five days after she was gunned down. All this eventually led the detectives to think that Richard might have fabricated the invasion story in an attempt to save himself from the crime he committed of murdering his wife. With all these pieces of evidence stacked against Richard, he was charged with felony murder, tampering with evidence, and making false statements in April of 2017 after grueling months of collecting evidence to build a case against him. He was finally prosecuted recently on August 18th of 2022 and received a sentence of 65 years in jail It's sad to think of the situation the sons must have gone through because of this ordeal. Losing both their parents and dealing with the fact that their own father was the one that caused the death of their mother, a thing's children should never have to deal with. It was a good thing that the gadget that their mother relied on to stay fit was indeed a reliable one that helped unfold the real story behind her untimely death. So there are two of the most disturbing cases we have for you guys today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, like our stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you soon.